This is the Enneagram 8 Podcast, and we're here to take you inside the armor. Just describe you. Why you're different than other people. Like, how do you function? Like, everything is very calculated and thought through. There's almost never an impulse that I act on. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it. Yeah. You, you just think about it, right? Yes. You, like, notice your impulse, and then you think about it a lot. Yeah. This one's for all of you eight moms and dads who are busy trying to raise a young five. If you were like me, then maybe you found yourself moving forward as your young five moved backwards. For every step you took towards them, they took a step back. My usual default relational solution of moving towards someone to try and resolve something, it just didn't work with her. The more I pushed, the more she retreated into herself until I couldn't reach her at all. Eight and five, I think we forget they're both in the rejection triad. The difference is an eight will let you know that you triggered them. It's a lot harder to tell with a five. A five will fool you into thinking that they weren't affected at all. This story ends really well. The Enneagram came along and for every word she couldn't give me, it did until I finally understood that I had to actually learn to stand still and let her come to me that I wasn't going to be able to use my usual tricks of responding in real time to every micro-movement, every nuance and subtlety, because she wasn't giving up any of her secrets. I couldn't tell. I had to learn to start using my thinking instead of responding out of emotion and impulse. In a nutshell, I had to tap into the very best parts of accessing five so that I could meet her there. You're going to learn a lot from this interview. You'll definitely learn what not to do. But you'll also learn that eights make awesome parents to fives once they figure it out. And my five, you'll hear her confirm that. She loved having an eight mom, even when I didn't get it right all the time. Okay, we're back with the Enneagram 8 podcast. And today we have the pleasure of having Johanna's daughter, Kayla, here with us to talk about fives and eights in relationship. Okay, one of the key things about fives is that they are locked in their mind and not very good at being in their body. What does that look like for you? I literally just had a moment yesterday in the car with Zion. Like, I always kind of feel like I'm hovering above my body. I don't actually feel like I'm inside my body. And then sometimes randomly something will happen. I'll be like, whoa, where am I? And then it's <laughs> almost like I need to, like, it's like a recap at the beginning of an episode of like playing through all the things that have happened until now and then Alberta be like well I got married and there's someone beside me but it's been nine months since that happened but I'm still like whoa <laughs> what is even happening here <laughs> and that's a very a pretty regular occurrence <laughs> where I'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden it's like shock and I'm just like <laughs> sitting there and all of a sudden everything feels real <laughs> what is happening here <laughs> I love Isn't that. that wild? Yeah. They're they're ghosts. <laughs> and sometimes they land in their body the and they don't way, love it. The <laughs> only way I can relate to that is, you know, when you're driving and you zone out and then you don't know where you are and you're like, oh, wait, where was I going and what am I doing? And you have to plant yourself back in that moment. And how did I not kill someone? Because right? I was Yes. That's the only way I can kind of understand what you're saying. Pretty much. Describe your childhood with your mom. Like, talk a little bit about who you were as a little kid and what your mom was to you as a little kid. And when I say that, I mean, like, the good and the bad. Like, the things you loved about your mom growing up and the things that made you furious about your mom growing up. Well, I've always admired just how strong she was, like, just as a personality. 
I never felt very strong, so I could always just like shove my mom to the front of everything whenever I didn't know what to do in a situation or I felt weak. I'd be like, but my mom, and then I'd start bringing her into it. You actually do that when we're in social settings too. Yes. Tag along with me and hover. I have done that ever <laughs> since I was a child and I still do that now anytime that I can. <laughs> Yeah, that's I kind of just moved from mom to my husband now in terms of social situations. Yeah, I don't like to go anywhere without one of them because they're both very like big personalities that can just take control of. And you can the just situation. Shield I can just yourself. sit there. Yeah, yeah. gathering info. Mm-hmm. Pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. But then she also was very good at assuming things about me, and I didn't care when I was younger, but I think when I was 14 or 15 is when it caused some issues. And did you set her straight? Did you start telling her? That was when I did start telling her. Before that, she would like assume something and I'd be like, hmm, maybe it is. And then I would just go along with it. But then when I was 14 or 15, I started actually realizing that no, I did not agree with all of the assumptions. And then she started thinking I was just an angsty, rebellious teenager and that made me very unhappy. (laughs) (laughs) It actually didn't start with you making statements of disagreement. You started by changing your look. Yeah. I pretty much just wore all of my mom's clothes, like literally, because... When you were younger? Yeah. Once I started fitting into them, is I literally wore all my mom's clothes because I wanted to dress just like her because I loved the way she looked. But then I started wearing clothes that were not hers. And she was like... Mm, I don't know if I like that. Like, well, I do well, like describe it. Describe them. <laughs> <laughs> I wore a lot of sweatpants and a lot of big baggy t-shirts. I didn't usually wear it when I went out of the house because I am still opposed to wearing sweatpants and frumpy things out of the house. That just feels very wrong to me. I'm recalling like the black. I wore a stage. lot of black. I liked black skinny jeans with black shirts and whatnot because it was just very like unassuming. Didn't really have to think about what I was wearing or what I was putting into my outfit because it was all one color. And you sort of fade into the background. You're not being Mm -hmm. the colorful, like, person that people are looking at, right? Yeah, precisely. Do you remember your seven-ish self as a kid? I was the most outgoing, chatty, friendly child ever. Like, the thought of going out and doing things every day was like, woohoo, let's do it. The thought of meeting new people was so exciting. But then I stopped wanting to do all of that. When? It was probably also around the same time. That's what I've been trying to figure out. Was your little kid seven stuff natural to you? Or was it that I didn't give any structure? We were always like flying around doing all the things. And that would have put you as a five actually in a state of anxiety. And fives go to seven in anxiety. And so I've been wondering if as a little kid, all of the tap dancing and like exuberance she was showing was actually a low level of anxiety just to cope and then at some point she realized wait a minute this is not my comfort zone i'm not having any of it anymore but what's that interesting inter- yeah. is that you remember it as a happy time like you're well showing but i happiness. also remember i remember that but i also know that every single interaction was will they like me am i doing too much mm-hmm. am i not doing enough do i need to be more do i need to be less a lot of thinking should i talk more or should they talk more Do they think what I'm wearing is stupid? Should I be wearing something else? Is it okay to wear a dress to the park? 
Were they thinking I'm weird because I'm wearing a dress to the park? So it wasn't natural. That kind of clinches it wasn't natural. No, but what I was trying to get at is that I think using our numbers that we go to in stress and health, we talk about we can interchange them both ways. We can use Use them for good. We can use them for good and we can use them for bad. And I know for me, five saves me sometimes. And it's our stress number, right? Going into that space of five saves me. And it's actually something I use to get healthy. We're fond Mm -hmm. of it. So you... It, to me, it sounds like you used that seven. It's, it's not your natural place and yeah. it's not where you're going to thrive, but yeah. you used it for surviving and therefore we're okay with mm-hmm. that, right? Like the happiness came out in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was like a ball of sunshine in the midst of a sea of adults in particular because there weren't other little kids around. So you kind of like flitted around from adult to adult doing yep. your seven-ish thing. Yeah. I wonder if you did that because you were around a bunch of adults who are safe people who will take care of you. I still do that, though. I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, I know that I'm not an extrovert, but after I've been in a social situation, I'm like always so hyped up because when I'm comfortable, I do just sit and do absolutely nothing. I don't interact. I don't insert myself or anything. I will just sit in the corner. But in situations where I'm not with my comfortable people I'm like the most outgoing bubbly person ever and then afterwards I always feel so like energized and whatnot but I know that it's not a like that was so awesome and fun it's almost like like the motor's been turned on that you can't shut down yeah we can't really choose five either. It kind of finds yeah. us and we survive because yep. of it. But yeah. um, I was thinking of another five friend we have and he just gets utterly nuts when he's with our big crew. He gets exuberant and wild and crazy to the point where I can't even keep up. And I'm like, who are you? But he's doing that that five thing that you do. But it's not even necessarily that we're like, oh my goodness, I'm so stressed. I have to be super bubbly and happy because this is what I have to be. It's natural like it is happening naturally yeah Yeah. and it's not always a bad thing like it's fun but i know that that's not what i am when i'm comfortable it must be exhausting too. it's so exhausting you must be drained after yeah yeah do you find in that space you're often more sarcastic is it possible she could be more sarcastic oh my god yeah it's got like a spiky dry Mm -hmm. they say fives are super cynical and do you say cynical was the other word cynical and sarcastic and do you find that do you ever say outrageous things just to almost like throw something out there and just kind of depends again the calculated i i see whether how it's going to affect first before i decide whether or not i'm going to say something you know your audience yeah she does it with me nonstop. You're very yeah. provocative. Yep, like she absolutely. will deliberately say the opposite or, uh-huh. or something because she knows I'm safe. So she just goes for it. Yeah. I expect it now. I quite <laughs> like being contrary. <laughs> it's a lot contrary. of fun. <laughs> Do you remember anything that your mom did, like an instance as a child where you remember being like super hurt by your mom or like... You talked about being misunderstood, but do you have any examples like of a particular circumstance where you remember particularly being misunderstood? Well, that was just any time that I would say, oh, no, I don't like this or, oh, I do like this. Again, once I was older and mom quote on, you're just being an angsty teenager. (laughs) And then I am not being an angsty teenager. And she'd be like, yeah, you are. (laughs) So then I just sit there quietly. But also, and not knowing the I did totally lead her in believing that she I was like a completely other suddenly. way. 
And it was really a head trip for me. Yeah. Like, no, I, I genuinely... Like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> all of a sudden was being the complete opposite to almost everything I had been until right. that point. And for an eight, that kind of has been themselves all along and not knowing type. I literally was like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. Kind of a rough period for us. And it really absolutely took Enneagram for me to go, oh my goodness, what have I done? Yeah, no, I genuinely was. That was what made her realize that I wasn't being just an angsty, rebellious teenager was when she started asking those questions about type five. And I was like, yeah, that's accurate. She actually, after we discovered that, she just looked at me and she was like, I am so sorry for everything that I've done. (laughs) I cried an awful lot. Yeah. Like, she's the one I was like, my eightness would have caused the most harm if we kept going. Mm-hmm. Just because of the intensity and invasiveness that it is. Do you ever recall a time where you felt super protected by your mom? All the time. Yeah. No, oh. even when she was being annoying and telling me who I was, <laughs> I still always felt very protected and safe, even if she was annoying. <laughs> There is a key thing that happened in our life where um, she had a friend that needed protecting. And I could have said no, but I didn't. And it cost us a lot. Mm -hmm. But I think it's going to stand out in our life as like a moment of us as a team protecting somebody at a high cost. Well, and I think more you asked for help protecting someone you loved and you did it. Mm-hmm. Like there's the trust piece, right? It's a lot of people that, and a lot of numbers that can't say yes to those things because the fear factor of all the pieces in front of it mm-hmm. become a barrier, right? Mm-hmm. So there is something about eights where we just, when we're protecting, we can just protect. We don't, we may, we might worry about all those things, but we do, it doesn't stop us. It's yeah. not going to stop us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you like always know that the potential of yes is always there because I have the energy and don't have the fear. Well, especially when it comes to something like that. Like I never even had a doubt that you wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Or if you didn't do it, it would be a very logical reason that I somehow didn't think of, which Mm -hmm. was highly unlikely, but yeah, (laughs) since you think of all the things, it's true. It's so true. (laughs) Going into feelings. Do you feel like you feel your feelings? No, not not very often. Like, weirds me out, and I, like, totally shut down, and then there's nothing that's going on in there. So I've heard it described with fives as, like, delayed. They're all delayed feelings. So you might go away, think about it, logically process it, what makes the most sense, and then come back on, yeah, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily, like, sit in the feeling. No. And if I do you ever sit in the feeling it's like a very big deal that has to happen when there's no one else around and I can just sit on the couch and probably ball my eyes out for like five minutes and then it's genuinely over and it feels as if nothing has ever happened do you I'm find totally you're drained fine. after that like you need a recovery piece too well that's part of the five minutes is I sit there and I cry and then I sit there and I stare at a wall and then I'm ready to get up and keep going <laughs> What was interesting about that season I was mentioning where we stepped in to protect somebody is that was a season of your feelings totally unlocking. It was really interesting. She had been someone that didn't cry, not Mm -hmm. with me anyway. I don't know if you did it on your own, but just didn't cry and 
certainly didn't come to me with her tears. And that was a season of every single night, you crawling into bed with me and just crying. You didn't have words. It's not like she was explaining why. I don't even know if you knew. Do you need her to have words? Uh, Not anymore. I would say by nature, I really am more comfortable if someone can explain in words what it is they're feeling. But um, I can she never kind of do taught that me until a few days afterwards. That's right. She taught me it. that it doesn't matter. Yeah, that just her coming with the tears was was good enough, and that there's a release that was happening, and I didn't need to know why. It was like a whole season worth of that. It was like two weeks, three weeks of just regular. Yeah, I'm just gonna come to you and cry, and it was interesting. <laughs> but it represented stored up things from a whole season before. That's what was weird. That's how big the delay was. It was like a whole stored up ocean of tears and feelings. That I feel like eights do this too. We do this with the fives because we, when we go into our five space, that's where we sit in things, right? And that's where the delayed pace comes for us too. For us though, I think it's delayed thinking. Five is going back and going, oh, I think that's why I did that because we're so busy. <laughs> so moving. it is delayed think- thinking, but it's delayed feeling as well. My body knows something, but I don't necessarily have the emotions to match what the thinking piece matches up with. Like my body is red hot and it does take a couple days for me to logically kind of come through and then, and then say, oh, actually that was this emotion. It's kind of that same where I take time to do that. Now, because you access four so easily, it probably is easier for you, yeah. Joe. Mm-hmm. It's true. When you're feeling your feelings or when you're not feeling your feelings, like are you evaluating what you feel against the logic? And then do you ever worry that if you express what you're feeling, people will use that against you? Yeah, usually. So anytime I do express what I'm feeling, it's never just what I'm feeling. It's always I'm feeling this because this and this and this. And I know that I could be feeling this and this and this. And I know why I shouldn't be feeling this and this and this. Like it's never just I'm feeling this. Solidified a case. So you know people yeah. can't use that against you because exactly. you've proven the why, the how, the... Yeah. yeah, that's fascinating. I think that would take me a year to come up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then I'd get distracted in the meantime and move on. (laughs) Do you ever wonder if people deserve to hear what you're feeling inside? I didn't until my husband came along. And then I was like, no, he, he deserves to hear everything that's happening, whether I'm sad or happy or just feeling a weird in between. But before that, no. And did you ever find that with your mom? Like now I am. It's still hard. Can you figure out why? Just because for so long I didn't. So it's kind of just like a muscle that has never been used that I'm trying to practice. (laughs) So not because it's not safe, just because it's just not natural. Not natural. So it feels scary, even though I know it shouldn't be scary. Part of the like, it feels this, but I know it shouldn't be this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's dumb to be scared, but just because it's something that I've never really done, it's kind of scary. Mm Mm-hmm. I probably, totally um, I probably, uh, I'm exercising new muscles too of listening. I guess there's part of a reason for being kind of scared. Yeah. Is she did until that point, anytime I would say something, she'd be like, well, you're just being a little bit of a Yeah, wind. like that, I, that's what I'm saying is I think I was not a good listener. 
we're already pre, we're ahead of them and we're already fixing thinking it. about how to fix yep. it. People or don't solve want it. fixes yes. all the time. Right. And you need slow, gentle reception. Like you just need me to listen. Mm-hmm. And that is a new muscle for me. And so as we go on these chiropractic dates, which is so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's like our broken bodies. I am learning that I just get to sit and I just get to listen and she gets to deposit what she wants into the space. Mm-hmm. And I'm not fixing anything unless mm-hmm. she asks a question. Mm-hmm. But that's new. Yeah. Right? Like this is our dance for the past few years has been me exercising the muscle of listening and her exercising the muscle of speaking and they fit together because we're on the same page now. And I'm just grateful it's happening at all because we might've missed it. Yeah. You know, but no, I think eights and fives can go so wrong with that. Like way, way wrong. Talk a little bit about the difference with your energy levels and your mom's energy levels and what she expects (laughs) of you at times or maybe has in the past. (laughs) My energy levels are virtually non-existent most of the time, whereas she is ready to bounce up and do anything anytime like she's always up for doing things and she's like well let's just go do this mom i need at least five to seven business days to prepare to do this one thing but then she can't wait that long so it doesn't usually end up happening no and our plans change well then i'm just gonna go do this now like but i wanted to do that i just needed to be ready first yeah, we have to pre-schedule you know all what? the fun. <laughs> My husband's a little bit like that. And one of the things he did for me, because I've been saying this our whole marriage, I need spontaneity. I need to, once in a while, once in our marriage of 19 years, I would like to just jump up and go. So what he did last year for my birthday, because he's very similar to you and cannot jump up and go ever, he pre-planned a birthday getaway with me, but told me the morning of and said, I'm picking you up in two hours. So it was complete spontaneity for me, mm-hmm. but he got two weeks to plan it. So he was fine. So yeah. Kayla has a five with a six swing and Derek six with a five wing. So when very we make similar. these comparisons between Kayla and Aaron's husband, there's a reason. Yeah, they're very similar. Just- <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because of you, though, I don't... Spontaneity isn't my greatest fear. Like, I've heard that for fives, it genuinely is the worst thing ever. But because I grew up with my mom, I know how to deal with it. It's still not my favorite thing ever, but if there are plans that are last-minute changed, I just need to, like, pause, internally prep myself, and then I can keep going, and it is fine. Yeah. Like, I can do it. Because you have survived it a thousand times before and even had fun. Yeah, I don't have as much fun as I do when it's planned and I knew it was coming, but I am still able to. Which is why she's our kid that loves, you love tradition. You love the things we do every year. She likes going back to the same spot over Mm -hmm. and over and over, which Erin and I also disagree on, by the way. Mm -hmm. But um, I like new things all the time, but she gets so attached to the things we've done before and the places we've been before. When your mom goes into stress... And she retreats. Let's go back to when your grandma died. How did that affect you? Like, does it make you feel comfortable because you understand that space? Or does it scare you because she's... I was so affected personally that I wasn't paying attention to anything happening around me. Like, I couldn't tell you what my mom was doing or what anyone else was doing at that time. So it sounds to me like you were doing the same things. We were both retreating in yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I was more like you than ever before during that time. Yeah. All thinking and trying to survive feeling. And like a numbness. Oh yeah. Turn off the feelings. And you feel like that on a regular basis. Yeah. 
Not so much now. I used to, but I also wasn't in a very healthy mental state for several years. So that was kind of just numbness all the time. Whereas now I feel things a lot more. And compared to that, it feels like a ton of feeling all the time. <laughs> but in reality, it's not actually a whole lot of feeling. Maybe compared to like your compared sister. Compared to my sister. <laughs> who's a four. Yeah. Who's a four. <laughs> yeah. She feels things all the time. But now it sounds to me like you have the wherewithal to recognize when you're going into places that are less healthier and when it's just your natural kind of way of working through the world. Yeah, definitely. Um, what does your two husband do to help with your feeling? <laughs> he makes me feel. Before we got married and we were still getting to know each other, we would literally just sit on the couch facing each other. But sometimes it annoyed my parents who were like, why are you at her house until 2 a.m.? But genuinely, we were just sitting on the couch and he would stare at me and he would not leave until I told him about my feelings so right now I have like a full body reaction where I just want to jump under the table because I think I might die in that circumstance. <laughs> That's why it took so long because I would literally sit there and I would like curl up into a ball and I would just not talk. I would just do absolutely nothing. And he waited you out. And he waited me out. And then I talked. Yeah. That's good on him. Yeah. On the whole, like, um, I think Zion as a two helps Kayla feel her feelings and I help Kayla take action. Mm -hmm. Like, it's really remarkable because we're part of that triad where one of us seems to be able to pull out the emotion and yeah. I can pull her into action. action. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool way to see it work its way up. We are both really highly sensitive to rejection. And I didn't know that for the longest time because she doesn't show it. Right. But you're very sensitive to, oh, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. like a casual me I don't I don't like the way that looks or whatever yeah, or I don't want to do that make me oh, go home and word. want to cry so I only found that out a few years ago is that she'd go home and cry about things that casually I just disagreed about but it was a deep sense of rejection well it's because you were you were one of my people like the yeah. people that I have not dubbed as my people I really couldn't care less what you think about me or what your opinions are. But if you're one of the people that is my safe people and I value your opinion, if you tell me you don't like something that I've done or about me, it, oh, it's the worst. Yeah, fives feel way more than people the think they do. Way, way more. And are more sensitive than you think they are. And because I express immediately... If I feel rejected in the moment, I might let out a zinger or uh, <laughs> and at least you will know that I am affected. That's let when I know. go numb. Now, actually thinking about that is the times that I still go numb now is if people say they don't like something about me or that I've done, I will just sit and, and I don't it's want personal, to talk. It's deeply personal, personal and you I feel affected talk. as a human. I don't want to do anything that sometimes happens with Zion not meaning to yeah. like he's just making a casual statement yeah. but then I will just sit there and I won't talk for the next hour and what do you do with it like uh how do you get past that um does he pull it out usually he's like well why are you all of a sudden being so quiet and standoffish and then it'll take me a little bit before I tell him what you did hurt me did you, do you say like, oh I'm fine that's usually what I start with, but then this. he tells me I'm lying. I'm like, yeah, I am. So, so here's the tricky thing. Happens. I can't usually tell. Yeah. And so you just absorb it, don't you? I'm better now with you. I'm pretty good at 
saying now, I did not like it's true, actually. what you said. You have well, your mom's yeah. a safe person to say that yeah. to now. Because yeah. you know it will be held with consideration versus retaliation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the number of years you would have absorbed casual, like, I don't like the way that Because lot. for us, that stuff doesn't stick. Mm-hmm. If someone says, I, know, I don't yeah. like what you're wearing, even for me, with the three-piece in me, it doesn't stick. No, I don't Internally, care. I go like, well, you suck. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't nice. Yeah, I don't like what you're wearing either, or whatever. But it's in our head, and it's out so quick, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. sit on us. Now, if someone said something to our character, I think it'd be different. Like, oh, yeah. I think that would be very different. <laughs> but yeah, just stuff like that about me, or I don't like this about your home, or I don't like, right? Like, it just doesn't stick. You expressed once what it was, too. It's linked to not wanting to feel stupid or or like you're incorrect, right? I, is that the key thing under it? Like, say someone goes, um, I don't like that choice. Or Part is it, of it. Like, what is it? Is I it think about for being you wrong? it's mostly that I let you into my safe little space. Right. And then it feels like you're hurting that safe little space. So or, you need agreement is like how not does one disagree in a way that doesn't hurt you analytically? Like if I if I were to logic it out and say, well, this choice might be better, would that be less offensive? Because I'm meeting you with your head. Yeah. Okay. I never do that. So <laughs> never. No. no, but it's not even it's not even the act of disagreement yeah. that I'm opposed to. Yeah. It's the way it's shown. I know. Because it's done so flippantly. Yeah. Without yeah. thought, consideration, totally. yeah. evidence. Yeah. Yes. See, now I know why you're so tired all the time. Because <laughs> the thought of She'd this get is exhausting. With this stuff all the time. <laughs> yeah. That would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I think that's really important for us to recognize too, because that is a huge wounding piece, I think, for... Yeah, if for she cases to present... We could practice like building a case to present and it would be a way that you'd be like, yes, this I can, this I can work with. I think a big part of it too, though, is just that I so rarely actually am vulnerable in that way. Even if it's like an art piece that I've made, right? I so rarely actually show people the things that I've made. Or if I do, it's the things that I don't like that I did so that if they criticize it, I agree. So when I actually do genuinely show someone something that I like or tell someone something that I really feel, it happens so rarely that if they push back on it, it... You're already there. Yeah. It's okay. You're in agreement. You have the evidence to support what they're saying too already. But no, if it's like something that actually really means a lot to me, I so rarely let people know that something means a lot to me. So I saw on Instagram you posting the dress you made for your sister. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. Do you hate it? Because you posted it. <laughs> it's one of the only no, things I've seen that you post. Was, yeah, that was Confidence. something that I really had to, I had to just be like, if people don't like it, that's okay. Growing. Right. Look at you grow. That's awesome. But no, it was... Because you are so freaking talented. But that's also because I only show the things that I've (laughs) succeeded at, especially with games that I play, is I don't usually do something in public unless I know I'm going to win. To win or be Um, good at it. This is my... I cannot wait to have my sister-in-law on. Can you note that, please? Because she wins every game we play. Yeah. So I (laughs) I don't usually play games unless... It's a chance game that has absolutely nothing to do with my intelligence, intelligence yeah. or my ability to do things. Or if it's a game that I know I will do really well at. Although you're willing with, to risk it with your close people. 
At least she fakes it. Depends. She lets you think that really well. It depends. (laughs) Well, I had to present a case the last time. I was like, this is why you should play this game with us because this kind of game requires this kind of thinking and you're really good at that kind of thinking. So I think you'd be good at it. And she's like, okay. I'll try. (laughs) And she was genius at it. I was like, not lying. Yep. Okay. I wanted to talk about how you have pre-thought of every possible response to any given situation before you even step out into your day. Mm-hmm. So you've re you pre-rehearsed the day and the only thing that really throws you off is when someone came up with something outside of what you thought of. Then you go completely blank. I've seen it happen, mm-hmm. but it almost never happens. Exactly, which is why it throws me off because it's so rare that someone is unexpected or that there's a situation that I didn't already think of. Okay, explain that in detail. Give us a scenario. Like what happens in your mind in the morning or the night before lying in bed? What? It's usually over the course of several days, which is why I like knowing what will happen and having plans because then I can think of, well, this conversation could come up and how am I, where do I want this conversation to go? And what will I say to make this conversation go there? Or if they bring up this other conversation, what will I say to either stop that? Or if they say this, it might make me feel like I need to do that. And I don't want to feel like I have to do that. So how can I just avoid this situation entirely? That is brilliant. I know. And now I was in shock when I heard that. Like I said, I know why you're so tired. Yeah. (laughs) Because you're thinking and thinking takes more energy. But, But that is fascinating. And that is like gold right there. That it's was also like language nothing that... to do with how you and I live because no. we react in the moment. This is why we're doing this. We need those words because we don't know how we're affecting people around us. And I don't think we could dream this up. I have all sorts of assumptions when people go quiet. I really mm-hmm. do. And mm-hmm. I'm always a little bit suspicious of those people that go quiet because I'm like, what are you hiding? But... That's it. It has nothing to do with us, usually. It has everything to do with the inner dialogue going on. I think it on. does, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and for us, I think a lot of the times I get the message of, one. you don't trust me. Go for mm-hmm. it. Just yeah. another big one about her is you literally have nothing to do with the decision that I just made at all. But she like gets defensive and kind of makes it about her. Very and then fair. I'm like... I don't know what to do with this because you weren't even a part of my consideration for that. But now all of a sudden I feel like you should have been. Wait a minute. (laughs) Here's where fives potentially are the biggest puppet masters for the eight. I think we're pretty predictable. Yep. I think we're ridiculously predictable and we think we're not because we're reacting in the moment, but we keep reacting the same way. And so you pretty much know what to expect in all your scenarios in your head. Mm-hmm. So pretty actually, I find fives are one of the least intimidated on the whole by eight, because I don't think we're that complicated. I hate saying that. <laughs> but I've heard it from Tim. As a boss of a mega company, can absolutely figure out eights in no time at all and get them to do what they want. Explain why you actually always seem to get me to do what you want. Well, because I know when to pull it out. I can always, like, bide my time. I bide my time. If I need a certain something or if I want a certain something, I know, oh, she's not in a good mood for this. Maybe I shouldn't bring it up now. So then I wait. And then when she's in a bit of better mood, I'll start by bringing something else up. And then we'll talk about that. Test the waters. And then I'll bring up the thing that I actually want or need. And I always say it very logically, and I give a good reason for it and why she should say yes. And she's always like, yeah, okay. And then I get what I wanted. 
I used to do it all the time in grocery stores, especially <laughs> when I wanted something. Love it. I was able to say, I want this thing. This is why I want this thing. This is why you should get me this thing. And she'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> sure. Okay, you so need 20 bags of we'll Oreos. Of course you do. Yeah. For all those and people. here's where it's like not fair to my four daughter by comparison because her tactics are whining, emotional, and we just shut oh, that yeah. down. No, it We're gets like, nothing that's from not us. gonna yeah. work. We don't value that. We don't like it. We don't have patience. But her cooler, more logical way of presenting something works for the eight. Yes, far better. We, we can change course when there's logic involved. We have yeah. no problem saying. Oh, actually, that's a better idea. Or, yeah, that makes sense. It doesn't trigger. No. I'm more <laughs> triggered by giving in to whining. Yeah, for yeah. sure. It feels weak to give in it to that. It feels weak. But that's good logic, I, like, no problem. never, never whined. I would occasionally put a little more effort into saying, I really want this. And because I did it so rarely, mom would be like, oh, there must be a reason why she's doing this. But so there is we'll something about that, her. too. When When we know that you don't ask regularly. I have the same issues with my children. I got one who asks incessantly for everything. And I got another one who only brings it up when it's really important. Mm -hmm. So that kid usually does get what they want because I know based on the amount of times they come and the logic. Yeah, this is really important to them or they wouldn't be here. My mm -hmm. other child, I'm like, mm, on a scale of one to 10, this is probably still a two. Yeah. No. <laughs> Another five thing that we do not have that I've heard over and over is that you file all the information away in a room in your head, whereas you and I pull it out of our butts. Like we, <laughs> it really feels like and it may or may not be real. Yeah, it right. comes out of nowhere. We're just going <laughs> yunk like that and pulling it into existence or whatever. You don't really forget anything that you filed away mm -hmm. and you know exactly where to retrieve it when so mm -hmm. describe that whole thing well i've had two ways of thinking of it it was one of them is kind of like a circuit board where i can like pick one point and i can follow it all the way and i can see all of the different branches and i know exactly how i got from point a to point b and all the little thoughts that branched off of that and then another way is it's kind of like a messy room but like organized chaos where there's like so much in there that's kind of all over the place but I know exactly where it is and like I can look at the pile with the red sock and I know exactly what's underneath the pile with the red sock versus the pile with the green sock and sometimes it takes me a little bit to like actually remember which pile it's in but I can always find where it is but if someone tries to tell me you should put it a different way or starts trying to like pick through what's in there and like, whoa, no, stop. Everything is in there for a reason. And it might look like absolute chaos to you, but it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I know what's happening in there. And you can see where that could go wrong with an eight parent because we pivot so fast mm -hmm. and we don't need the reason. We just go with our gut. And so to expect them to be able to do the same when they have a circuit board that's connected to all the things is almost... And they need to traumatizing. follow it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas we can jump. That's right. Yeah. So Jumping expecting them really to jump hard. is a problem. And just for the record, I remember once tidying your literal messy room and you really did not like it because she knew that the green sock was 
under the left bedpost or whatever. Like, yeah. It actually represented, it was a good picture of what happens with her head. Yeah. And did it throw you off kilter? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, like, didn't feel like it was my room anymore. I was like, I don't even want to be in there. It's like an invasion of your space. A huge invasion. So we have to, like, invite them by presenting a case to make a change or take a step. And then they'll follow their circuit board to that conclusion. But we can't expect the pivot that we do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that we probably just have to be okay with you guys saying no. Yeah. Yeah. Fives lose respect for anyone they judge to be irrational, destructive, or out of control. I don't have respect for a lot of people. That seems like really mean to say. Oh, it's on brand. But yeah, you have to give me a reason to respect you and trust your opinions, which not a whole lot of people do. Which is why when I do do that, if you say something that doesn't line up with me it like hurts me so deeply yeah but also the more reactive and like blustery i get the more she's like i don't have time i can see it in her face she's like i'm not even listening to this garbage but when i am in my like wise thoughtful mode she's she's all ears that's totally fine my husband is always slow and thoughtful and so i definitely could sense intuitive respect for him from her that I wasn't getting as her more emotional mother. Right. At first I was so offended by that. But now realizing that she just literally has no time for the bluster. Doesn't even process it. Like it's like all I hear is blah 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 blah. Um well, it's like us in the whining. It's the same yeah, thing. You're yeah, doing. it's like you don't even yeah. hear it. You're like, this is wind. This yeah. is not I'm, I'm not paying attention right. to this nonsense. Yeah. Just because when you're like that, you're not usually thinking. Feelings are great and all, but often you need a little bit of thought in order to make a good decision. You can make a decision, and sometimes it works out, but it's hard to make a good decision when you're just feeling all of the things. Because things can make you feel one way, when really, if you actually stop to think about it, you'd realize, oh no, that's wrong. I was just reacting. This is actually what I should do. And my dad was pretty good at doing that. He didn't usually make a whole lot of decisions unless he had actually thought it through and he had a good reason for it. Whereas mom would just and start doing things. So whenever I'm reactive to something she said or I'm just venting, you don't find substance in that ever. She, no, there's nothing usually. she can pull from my venting. The moment I come down off it and I can present what it was that was not okay about it, then you're listening. Yeah. So they all know that I have a zone where I just am like, and then and we don't that mean goes most away. of what we say. And no, totally. It's all just everything that going up and out of proportion. Always happens after I point out something wrong that you did. You're reacting to something uh-huh. that's like that's coming at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll point out something wrong that she did mm-hmm. or something that was a mistake and she will get well <laughs> and then i'd like just have to sit there and like eyes glaze over as she like gets it out of her system and then she's like you're right and I'm like, yes okay now we can talk about why and then we'll talk about no i said this because you have a tendency to do this which causes this and she's like oh yeah i guess you're right that does make sense then we're past it yeah that is so eight-ish of us that whole process yes was exactly the five eight dynamic when it's healthy because it happens quick if you're willing to do it 
because we're learning to recognize what happens in our bodies. So yeah. we, we see it happening doesn't mean we can necessarily stop that reaction in the moment. Yeah. We're body. Yeah. Our body feels it first, just like your head's going to think it through first. Yeah. We can't, that's who we are. But when we can give each other space for that yeah. and allow each other the minute to work through that and then come together, that's the gift, right? That's the magic. Yeah. I'm remembering at Kin Vineyards when Nora and I literally had this conversation with you. My sister and I were sitting on one side of the table. My mom was sitting on the other and we were just talking and then mom was like you guys are always pointing out everything that's wrong with me like all you guys want to do when you're together is nitpick at what I'm doing and whatnot and we're like we're just we say one thing and then you get so defensive and blow up and she's like well no I don't you guys are just being really mean to me I guess that's just what mothers and daughters are the daughters just nitpick and are mean and then my sister and I just looked at each other and she's like there you go again and you're like off in your own little language and then she had to have this whole big dialogue dialogue saying everything that with hand gestures like, oh so many hand gestures about like how what my sister and I are doing that's like against her and then after she calmed down we were like no we're just pointing something out and you get angry about it and then she just sat there and thought about it she's like you know what yep that's actually right you haven't said anything wrong yet everything is true i just don't like it <laughs> and you're like that was I- the big one that was, that was the big one and she said yep you're right I just don't like it or and want you're to like, admit it. I know I'm right. I wouldn't say it if I didn't know I was already right. <laughs> exactly. And then that was the point that I realized that, no, I can point out all the things that you're doing wrong. And I just have to like sit there and let you go through whatever it is you need to go through. And then eventually you'll come to terms with it. Yeah. So this is what I love, love, love about five is um, there's no contempt. So contempt, it's when somebody is smearing you with something that isn't even you. She's only ever bringing to me things she's observed and created a case for. It is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's never only off of this one. No. Whereas we instance. may throw things at you that aren't true. That aren't yeah. true. Yeah. But in that one moment, we just need to put it out there. Yeah. Even though it's not accurate. Because no. we're not usually accurate. No. No. <laughs> no yeah, you're very quick to, I'll do one thing one time. And I say And you'll always. be like, you always do this one thing. And I can sit there and again be like, mom. You're wrong. I've only you don't done do this. it three and a half times. Yeah, and it was me. because of this and this and this. Yeah. And then you again go, blah, 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 blah. and then you're like, oh yeah, actually, no, you're right. That makes sense. I can see why you, you did that now. Okay, so to like wrap it up, what would you say to like eight moms the world over who have five kids? It is important to push the five to do certain things, but like you have to really be aware of why you're pushing them to do certain things. Like you can't just do something and expect them to be okay with it or figure out how to do it. Like you need to have a very valid reason for why you're making them do something and give them a lot of space to figure it out. Nailed it. Brilliant. That's it for today. We hope by now you've realized there's a lot more going on under the surface. And you'll continue to follow along as we take you inside the armor.